today on the Christ Sees You podcast. I have a good friend of mine, Amara Sama. He's a teacher, uh, one of my training partners from Iowa State. And one thing that we always talk about is just the kids and what is going on in Des Moines with our young minds and how we can support them, how we can be supporting families, which is something we don't talk about a lot. We talk about, you know, supporting and loving the youth, but at the end of the day, the youth are going to go home and everything's going to reset. So how, what are we doing to actually support those families? Welcome to another episode of the Christ Sees You podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Warner, and I am the community pastor here at Cottage Grove Church. And I'm excited I got my my, my good friend uh, Amara Sama on the podcast today. Um, so, just to affirm you and let you know why I brought you on, my man, uh, Amara is my training partner. Was my training partner at Iowa State. We, we trained together for two years straight, um, just doing block starts and all types of hard workouts together. So that. That built a, a an, an insane bond between us, um, but I think Salma, man, the thing I love about you is like you are Des Moines, man. Like you are, like you know the city. You grew up in the city. You you went to to you know college here in Iowa, um, both junior college and um, when you went to Iowa State and whatnot. And you just love this place. This is your home. Uh, you have your own. Uh, you know you make your own food and and you've loved on the community uh, with that. Um, but you also see like what's really happening here and what the city really needs to, to thrive. And because you've been here so long, um, mm -hmm. you've seen how things have changed in both positive and, and, and negative ways, man. So, um, yeah, I just appreciate your love and passion and I'm, I'm thankful for you jumping on. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you having me in. Thank you. It's funny that you said, um, we met in college, but like you, you built a best bond to vulnerability because we got to see each other suffer, like mm -hmm. through the hard training Going up, so that bond right there can't be broken. You know, to this day we could talk. We go a day without, like a week without talking, but we pick up just like it's nothing, bro. And it, and it's crazy, like you say that because it's so true, right? Like we we connect with people when we see each other in our worst, and we see like our sins. We mm, see absolutely like man, our, our insecurities. You see, like man, when when I wanted to transfer from Iowa State, like you saw my insecurities mm -hmm. and like places where it, yeah like I struggled and like I was blaming other people for all my problems and all these different things right mm -hmm. um but I think that that should flow so naturally into the church where you're in this place where we all are sinners like we know this Amen. <laughs> like we know we all are broken we know we're all in need of Jesus's saving grace to come in our lives and, and to make us new and to bring us alive again and um uh one of the reasons why I love, you know, getting to talk to you about church stuff is because, yeah, like what, what is it for you that has been hard about getting plugged in and making it something that it's like, man, I love going to church. I, I go, I go every weekend and it's something I, like I value, right? It's like, you haven't been able to get there and it's like trying to explain to other people why that's hard sometimes for people to make that, that, that jump and actually going to church and whatnot. I think mm -hmm. you can help people understand that on a, on a different level. I think, I mean, it, in a in a big, like in the one word, I think it's uh, relationship building, right? So um, 
we build relationship. Like I said earlier, we do vulnerability through our lowest moment. That bond is really strong, right? Mm. You know, with church, obviously, you can't just, your first time you come in there, you're not going to see people at their worst. People are going to be at their best behavior. People are going to be at the most polished self, right? <laughs> so it's kind of, that relationship is kind of, you know, it takes time. You know, just like Iowa State, it's not the first day we've practiced and do it, and we're his best friend. You know, it took years. Took you, like you talk about your transferring, you know. So when the church, you know, I think that the relationship building with the people that goes there, I think it just got to be natural and raw. You know, be, be yourself. Like, I think at this age now, given that we, you know, we talk about this before, like social media age, it's easy to kind of see, see, see through people. You know, you could fake it, but you people could really see through you. So that, that relationship now is harder to build because people could push themselves one way and then, see themselves you know differently so i think the church having people build that bond with the church obviously it got to be more accountability on, on their end too they got to be consistent it's not gonna be one day at a church and oh man i don't like that church you know like i i talked to you in the past like i've been through multiple church you know the one i've been to most consistently was um cornerstone you know just because it started back in ames <laughs> relationship again me and my my wife man we was going there we had that bond and the pastor came one day like hey i'm from des moines the church I go to, so I'm like, oh, okay. When I move back, I'm gonna mm-hmm. try that church. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he probably because because just so I'm sure, just so because some people will get confused with Cornerstone Ames. What's the uh, what's the what's the church in in uh, Ames that you went to? BCC, yep. yeah, yeah. So it was BCC then with Pastor Teron and yeah. again relationship building. He's the one I married, so we built that relationship, you know. And um, so when Kim Des Moines was going there, you know, it's just that we was and that thing sometimes falling us like we we had such a good bond there that it was kind of hard to kind of get the message because there was other stuff, you know. And then, like, obviously, we had kids and the pandemic, so it's like we kind of got comfortable. And then me, you talk about this before, too. We got comfortable because everything's accessible now. Mm-hmm. We could watch online videos. Mm-hmm. If we missed online, we could rewind it and go back. And then it's like we get more comfortable. And then that comfortability makes us to be a little, on my, on my, this is me speaking from my person, just a little lazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I could watch that whenever. And, then, like, and just the access of everything. you could, Like, I could watch a sermon anytime on YouTube. And I can feel, get my, I feel what, in my opinion, I got my dosage of what I need. But I think the biggest thing, too, like, growing up, um, my family, and my dad had a routine. We went to church physically. Obviously, back then, there was not much technology. So it was like, we have to go there to get that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think with, another thing, too, that the increase of, meet, of access to, like, media, you could access all that stuff. I think as a society, we are getting more um, just comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, just talking about that, it's like as we get more connected to media, mm-hmm. we get more disconnected from each other. Amen. <laughs> you saw you, you that perfectly said. And, and yeah, we so so we're we're consuming a lot. We can read a ton of blog articles. We can we can mm-hmm. we can watch a gazillion YouTube videos. We can see these little quick one minute TikToks mm-hmm. telling us how to be good Christians, and mm-hmm. you can do all this stuff. But the element that people don't have anymore is like community of being able to come in and be like i know a bunch of christians that have my back Mm -hmm. and like we know and love each other i know a bunch of them and i know them i know they they didn't present themselves perfectly so it's like i know again vulnerability you Mm -hmm. know i know them through their true raw self Mm -hmm. you know but like you said the more increase of media we lose that connection so we're not actually known people truly for who they are Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes insecurity like oh maybe no i mean i ain't gonna lie i mean sometimes like maybe this person is too good for me. Like, you know, like, I, I don't think I need to be around their presence. You know, like, you know, especially in the church world, you know, you know, we all have our sins. So sometimes when you look at your sin, you're like, oh man, you know, you, you have mental health, you know, it's something to beat up on you too, you know. What do you think, you know, just speaking about being vulnerable, 
what can people do to to do that to 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 be more open and to be more uh, expressive about the things that they actually are struggling with, so that it can actually be more inviting for other people. I think it goes just beyond this the Sunday church. Obviously, seven days in a week. You know, it's like everybody come in for two hours, boom, then they go back to our regular life, and we start again. You know, like me and you, we talk. We, we if we could, we could talk every day, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk more outside than we talk in the church. I think since you've been here, <laughs> this is my third time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I know our relationship is super strong. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how could people do that? It's just more than like the Sunday services, like the community building, going, like getting to know the family. Yeah, it might be my, you know, just a simple text. Like, how's it going? Oh, man, everything's well. Okay, just everything goes well. That one week doesn't mean it's not going to go well next week, you know? Obviously, just build that. Hey, man, anything I'm here for you. Just so you could, if you affirm that you are there for somebody, that's bonding strong. Like right now, if I'm going through something, I know I could hit you up, and vice versa, right? Amen. So it's like just building that, and that takes time, man. You know, that's to getting to know people and being consistent. You know, consistency. We talk. I talk about just being there and showing up. You know, mm. when people need it the more. Because sometimes some people are strong, like me. I'm a strong mind. People. I, I think I, I feel like I could do everything on my own, but mm-hmm. I know deep, you know we have it. But I know deep down inside, if I need help, I know who to reach out to, right? But at the same time, if I reach out to those person, if I don't get that assistance some way, it's gonna be a little tinted, you know. You so gotta, it's you, like okay, you think about it the next time. Next time, okay, mm-hmm. maybe you know. And we we read people, you know. We have we all read people. We read a relationship, like okay, this person could really get for me. Or this person say they'd be there, but deep down inside, I don't. It just it just words, you know. Yeah, I I think, you know, coming into being the community pastor here, I've just been thinking so much about the fact that the the church should be the first place people run when they have any need. Amen. Right? I'm, like, it's it, it's mind-blowing. Like, mm-hmm. where else? Like, you shouldn't think about going to your school to get help. You shouldn't mm-hmm. think about, like, again, if you're if you're in need of medical attention, you'll go to the hospital. But right. it's like, it, if you have other needs that aren't medical issues, it's like you should be calling the church, like, 911, like, and expecting the church to pick up, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like, and it's like to me that it's worth pressing towards that because that's what the church should be. It should be the place people are like, I, man, I'm I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling mm-hmm. with this in the area of my life. I'm lonely. I'm this. I'm that. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it's like a ton of people just come together to 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 meet those people mm-hmm. where they are, mm-hmm. no matter how ugly it is, no matter if it's man, I'm wanted by the police, or it's uh, you know. I'm lonely. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with homosexuality. I'm struggling with this or that. It doesn't matter what it is, man. People should be able to to come to the church with it. Hey, man, I agree with that, man. But I think you know the abundance of resources that there's so many ways of stuff people to get help out that they sometimes don't know which one, which which direction to go. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if I if I have an injury. I'm not gonna go to a psychologist if I have a physical injury to get my wound fixed. No, I'm gonna go to the hospital mm-hmm. <laughs> if I have a spiritual issue. You know, counselor might say what I need to hear. You know, at the end of the day, gotta cash the check. But I think well, I need to get that spiritual help from is in the church. You know, so or in the Bible. You know, you know. But sometimes we, how we how we read the Bible, the, is we understand it different and different than others. You know, sometimes it's like okay, we read it, it's not sticking in. You know, so. So uh, let's let's switch gears. Talk a little bit about schools, man. Because so what? Just so people know, what do you do for a living? So um, I am a. Um, success case manager with Des Moines Public School, and um, I've been doing that for about five years. Yeah. Prior to that, I was a juvenile court um, tracker. I did that for like four years, and so basically, I just been, since college, I just kind of I always call myself a servant man because I mean I 
fill my bucket by helping people, you know, whether whether way to connection or whatever, you know. And I think that came from just my upbringing. I had a lot of siblings, so I had I was the oldest of a lot of siblings. So even not by choice, but I just got got more to just help people, and I like it, you know. So yeah. So with that, you know, I've been talking with you a little bit about, you know, trying to get in with middle schools because just what's been happening <laughs> in, with middle schools here in Des Moines. So just from, you know, your perspective, just talk a little bit about what's happening with middle schools and how, like, these these things are happening at younger and younger ages. You know, um, when I got I, when I got into this position, I figured out, like, that's the rule. You, usually when there's a problem, you try to find a route, right? So I was in juvenile court. It was a cycle. We go to court. Kids get to go stay in front of a judge because they're underage, so they couldn't really get the voice. So they, they, it's more of a treatment. They go to placement, they go to shelters, they have these other recommendations, they have a tracker, we have ankle monitor. You know, at that age, when I was, in, I was doing that cycle for like four years, I was getting burned out because I was staying up writing report and some kids, I didn't want them to go to juvie for like six months because I know it's just one little mistake. So I was like, I'm going to get to the root of it. I'm going to get to when they're younger. So I got there. I'm thinking, oh, man, it's going to be cake. You know, which it is. There's some kids you could connect with. Mm. But this sum is really like, man, this it's thing deep. is deep. Mm-hmm. It's deeper than what we could provide at the school. Mm-hmm. It goes to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes to the family dynamic. Who's in the household? How many people? What kind of structure is being put in the household, right? Because so sometimes the excuse is, well, it's a single-parent household. Yeah, well, single-parent household, I feel like it still works. The thing is about being consistent and structured in the home. And then that will also transfer to the school, right? Because we have five days a week to work with them. And they go home every day. Like, I, how I put it, we... They, because some how I put it, kids go home every day and reset. They come back, it's gonna be a different day. Mm-hmm. You could be the best counselor like ever in this planet. At the end of the day, that kid's gonna go home. Whatever environment they are in, it's gonna re, it's gonna that's the norm. It's gonna reset and it'll come back the next day. So we just got I just have a mindset. Okay, whatever they bring, I'm gonna go off of them, and I'm just gonna be consistent. You know, and at the end of the day, it's relationship building. You know, so I'm trying to build relationship with these kids. So what's going on now with the middle school, man? These kids, man, it's like, it's a lot of factor, man. There's not a relationship. There's no structure. Again, we got to talk about social media, man. There's a lot of that. I got kids in fifth grade with, I mean, fourth grade with Snapchat. I got kids, all the Snapchat and TikTok. It's like, and it's like, they're seeing other stuff that people are doing that mostly that's like older and they're like trying to live that life that they're not. So it's all of that as a society too. And like, there's no structure. There's no like, okay, I don't think there's some kids that even go to church, you know. It's like, <laughs> the last time you've been to church? Oh, church is not even a language, you know, with some of them. Mm-hmm. So how do we expect them to be people of moral, you know, it's like, all right, you know. Where are they getting those morals from? You know, I think they're exactly. Mm-hmm. Social media, mm-hmm. you know, what? <laughs> Social media is raising these children. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So when you talk about, like, needing structure talk a little bit more about that like when you're see, seeing an absence of structure like what does that look like structure could be like okay like for example routine what time kids go to bed mm-hmm. kids going to bed i mean if kids are young they're growing right the, the brain still developing as a sponge some of the kids are going to bed at 12 2 1 mm-hmm. it's like yo and then you got to get up at 6 in the morning <laughs> like, even as a adult we still need our full you know sleep so it's like they're so they already lack of sleep and their attention is not there when they come to school and then because of the attention that they have causing more behavior problem or other issues. So it's like they're not having that structure of sleep or even like routine, daily routine. I know some people like, okay, I know in my house we try to, I mean, keep my kids as young, but we kind of have dinner together, you know, in a sense, just that little time. Like that's something that's kind of 
I feel like as we go in and it's kind of getting played off because people are so used to get fast food <laughs> and just eat in the car, boom. But actually, actually that dinner time, you get time to kind of just socialize with your family, just talk about the day, mm-hmm. you know. Even if like, you're in a home where like, people don't talk, you can still kind of kind of have a conversation, right? So kids don't know how to have conversation with people. <laughs> you ask kids, like, how's it going? How was your how was your weekend? Like, yo, <laughs> you're trying to tell me something. Something might go to this. Like, you just sit there and watch the wall dry all the weekend. <laughs> so it's like the lack of conversation. That's even that structure too, right? Because you, you, the more you do that, the more kids get comfortable and be, hey, man, my day was good. So it's like I'm trying to have conversation about that weekend. It's like, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. So all that plays a role, man, you know? And like, like I said, like, it's not a single parent. It could, it, I mean, it's not a, you don't need a two parents to do that. It could be single parent. But, you know, sometimes parents are working. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes parents don't have the means. They have to work nine to five job, hard job, or they're working late nights. So sometimes the kids are locked key kids where they go home, they have to take care of themselves or whatsoever, or their mm-hmm. siblings, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think the reality of what this, what the single parent home does is it, there's, there's just less adult supervision. Like, so if one person is working, the chances of another one being around to be able to help or to, to do things around the house, to just be, Watch it because I think that's a big thing. It's just someone watching me. Yeah. Like, when I think about growing up, <laughs> I just knew like my parents were watching me. Like they were paying attention to what was going on in my life enough mm-hmm. that if I messed up, there was going to be re- repercussions for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another thing someone brought up to me recently. You're talking about uh, consequences. Like a lot of times there aren't consequences mm-hmm. for actions. And too many parents want to be their kid's best friend. Talk about that. Listen, man. Reach on that a little bit. I mean, it's good to be your kid's best friend, but you got to draw that line. I'm your friend, but at the same time, I'm your parent. Mm. If you act out, you know, there's going to be consequences, right? You know, and sometimes, and then then we talk about consequences too. Like some people don't, some parents now, our generation of kids, because most of the kids I work with is like people my age, right, or younger, Mm. they don't know how to discipline. When they think discipline is yelling, right? And they also have an issue on the kid's mental health. I'm yelling at a kid nonstop 24-7. At the end of the day, that kid's going to shut down, right? So that, they, when they think discipline, they think, yo, 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 yo. There's different ways of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and before you discipline, too, you got to make sure that you build that relationship with your kid so that way they know that it's out of love. Mm-hmm. When you discipline out of anger, you know, and we talk, and I'm pretty sure anger have it's a word in the Bible about anger. We discipline out of anger. It doesn't go nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to, like, discipline out of love so the kids know, you know? And sometimes when I, like, when I look at that, when I, like, my son been having some issues, so I, like you know, um, applying some of that to myself too. There was one time where I kind of just yelled because he was just being annoying, <laughs> you know. And like one, like the whole day he was kind of re- just kind of like put off, and I kind of thought about it. I was like, man, I need to apply that to myself. So it's like I have to explain to him, or I take a toy away. I have to explain to him why that toy go away. Mm. You know, sometimes, sometimes so many parents take it and throw it away and yell, and now it doesn't go back into the problem and talk about it. Mm. And that kid now he's shut down, you know. And then, like I said, they don't know how to discipline. And then when it some they don't want to discipline because they want to be that kid's best friend. They fear that okay, well, I don't want. I'm just gonna get him whatever he wants, so he's he could hopefully be good by bribing him. Them, you know, hey, if you be good at school, you could get whatever you want. Mm. That doesn't even work either, you know. So, yeah. So with that, um, when that discipline isn't being applied young, and and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like when that discipline is not applied when you're young, mm-hmm. you get older and you get older. And you're not getting consequences for your actions, right? Because right. a lot of times the school is not suspending. They're not going to expel you. We don't suspend that much no more. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you turn 18, you go do something, and they want to lock you up. And mm-hmm. you're like surprised. Right. Because. Forget turning 18. Once you hear 14, that age when you, when you get involved in the juvenile court system, mm-hmm. you know, 
the thing about juvenile court is there was rare chances where kids like kind of graduate, but most of the kids is like psychos. Now I, I look back like seven, ten years ago, mm-hmm. looking poor kind of. Oh, when I see somebody like that kid, I had that kid. You know, it's like man, you kind of it's it's a sad reality because I mean my mindset because I was so indulged into it that I knew that some of the kids I'm not surprised when I see them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, that kid he really just murdered somebody. I kind of see that coming. You know, like even to this day, there's some red flag I see with like five kids. I'm telling them, trying to get the help. The school can't do enough. You know, it's a thing. And I think even parents need to reach out for help too. At the end of the day, if you, if you, a parent, and you don't know, if you don't have the resources to help, I think just go out there and ask for help. Because you want to, sometimes want to do it on own, but it's okay to, I always tell parents, get your village, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even me, I had a village. So get your village, get your people mm-hmm. that you trust to help you. Takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. So, so with that, how can the church be part of that village? Like, because I think what you're saying is spot on. Like the cycle mm-hmm. of like, you see, you you're already seeing red flags in kids, and mm-hmm. it's like you're not going to be surprised if you see some kids in Polk County. Mm-hmm. Right? I, think, I think the church is reach. I mean, obviously, no parents don't come. Like, hey, man, I need help. Like, look at me, I'm here. You know, you know. So it's like just reaching out, continue to do that, and just be consistent. You know, and like. I don't know what's the thing about church and school. I don't know how that is, but like, you know, some of those parents just, there's the skill with this mobile over problem, just checking in at the parents at home. Hey, we're here for you. Be consistent. What you need is not more than just resources. Okay, we'll get you all the food and clothing, but like, actually, let me help you with like mm-hmm. all this stuff, like parenting classes, their yeah. parenting classes, you know, like, cause so many, I mean, they might help. Like, people could get, the, if we want stuff and food and clothes, like, that could be getting, right? You know, cause that's the needs. But let's, how about other help in like, okay, parenting classes? Okay, like, Communicating, counseling, therapy, you know, like even just one on one, like, hey, man, hey, I'll have this session with the parents. Like, what's going on? Just let it out. Let, just vent to me, you know what I'm saying? I might not have the answer, but I could maybe give you some tips, you know? So, what, what you said is so important because you see how easy it is that we can just write a check, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we don't do that with our own family, right? Right. Like when your son is hurting, you don't just write a check. Oh, you yeah. go buy him something. Be like, all right, take this, get out of my face. Like <laughs> you good. No. Uh, and, and if you do do that to your kids, like no matter how much money you have, that's not going to be good for them. Thanks. But like what we truly do is we sit down and we teach them what we know. Mm-hmm. We, and like, and I think that's where you see the gap with a lot of these families where like, it's hard to do stuff when you don't know mm-hmm. if no one taught you how to be patient, how are you going to be patient? If no one taught you, how to work hard and what that looks like. And that hasn't, that hasn't been modeled for you. How are you going to work hard? What's if the, like, if no one taught you to read the Bible, I, speak, bro. How are you going to read the Bible? Like, how are you going to read the Bible? I'm going to pick it up. I'm right? like, I think this is what I was supposed to do. I think this is what this message me. Oh, this me. I'm, I could still sin and I could not, you know, it's like we interpret it different. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is saying that I always, I might be saying it wrong. Maybe help me out. But it's like, you could teach a man how to you know, teach a man, get a man to fish or whatever, how to go. But if you teach a man how to fish, you'll be, Feet well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if, if you if you if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Right. You, you give a man a you teach a man to fish, he eats for life. So I think that's that we need to apply that in life. Like yeah, like you said, we write the check, boom. But teach the man like those skills, how to maybe he could even write his own life, and not unless you check as far as money, but like check in life, like okay, how to take care of my mental health, mm-hmm. where to go when I need that, when I'm in when that demon spiritual demon is kicking my butt, you know? Because mm-hmm. we all have it, no matter how good of you could be the richest world, we all have demons. Mm-hmm. That kid in our head, like even you know, we wake up this morning. I have like, man, struggling, but like, you know, we just gotta find where to go to get the help. Yeah, and th- that's the thing. The devil, <laughs> what you said is key because the devil will make us doubt. Will make us doubt Christ. 
man was trying to do everything to pull us away and i and i think one thing i learned that has been a game changer for me is i didn't know as a kid that i dealt with my mental health by working out by mm-hmm. running by mm-hmm. training i didn't know that mm-hmm. until i graduated from iowa state i was done running mm-hmm. and i had a normal job and i stopped working out and i was like bro <laughs> why is my life so miserable bro like i didn't know because like I didn't I didn't realize that that was what I did to keep myself in check mm-hmm. like by working out running by being out in the sun doing these things and at that time you was doing it so much so often that you was like you was your mental health was on in check bro, it was good <laughs> you stopped doing it for one like man the devil's in there you're like hey bro you suck <laughs> maybe I do suck <laughs> and like it, it was crazy to see how much things change and then now you add on to that at that point in my life I, I think I just found a church and then that was what kind of helped. Yeah. Like I came back and I was getting in the church again. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not working out. I started working out that helped me. But it's like, if no one teaches you, mm-hmm. Hey, when you're angry, you need to write. Like right. you, that's a good time to start writing stuff down, journaling and, mm-hmm. and, and putting your thoughts down instead of taking your anger out on somebody else. Like, yeah. There's no, we don't teach these coping mechanisms. Yep. Right. And, for our own selves, we don't recognize that we have our own coping mechanisms. Right. But other kids don't. Right. No one's taught them that. And it's yeah. like, that's where us as a church stepping in and being like that, that support, not just in terms of giving money and food, but in terms of giving your time to teach people. Man, bro, you hit the nail on the coffin. Speak that. Like, give your time to teach. Time is more valuable than money. We all know that. You know, but at the end of the day, too, yeah, we have time. We have 24 hours, like seven days committed to work. I want that, that just finding afterwards, just find an hour. Like I try to like go on a workout, man. Like I have to pencil that in. Then I get home. It's like, oh man, my day is gone. I got to get ready to go to bed start over the next day. It's like time is so precious that mm-hmm. when you give somebody that time, I feel like that's more valuable than any check you can write me. Mm-hmm. Because that showed me that, yo, because let's say you get paid $9 an hour, right? That one hour, whatever. Let's say like, like time is so valuable. Like you could, there's no money value. Like it could be, it could be $9 an hour too. $50 hour to a million dollars. You see like NBA play, one of my favorite statistics, you see the, how much, like Steph Curry, how much how he made a minute. Made like bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. one minute, like listen, <laughs> you know, so I kind of just put that in perspective, like the time is so valuable that when you get somebody that time, bro, it means a lot, you know? But I, but I think what happens is because we know like culturally here in America, we know, like people always say it's time is money, mm-hmm. right? We Like people know that. Yeah, so it's like, What's easier is to give that money because you can get the money back, but yeah. you can't get time back. And that and that's a selfish quote because it makes it, it it put value on money. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it's it's the most selfish thing. And, and like what you recognize in it is that it makes money the god of everything. But at the yeah. end of the day, what did Jesus come and do? He spent time with people. He spent time. He spent time. You chilled. Yeah. He 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 talked with people. He took time to stop doing what he was doing to be like, hey, like someone needs me. I'm going to give this person my time so that they can be healed. So their sins can be for forgiven and they can be made whole, man. And because he was giving his time, people started following him. Mm. <laughs> you see? Mm. So people was like, yo, I'm going to give you all my time. Mm. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like, he, but it, before that though, he had to display that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't just pop up one day. People stopped following. He displayed that mm-hmm. to effort to like going out there in the community and stuff like that. So, so the, the apostle Paul, uh, I think it's, First Corinthians 11 verse one says, follow me as I follow Christ or imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I always think about that. It's like, are we living our lives in a way where we can tell someone, cause like you said, follow me, mm-hmm. like follow what I'm doing. I'm so confident that I'm following behind Jesus. Mm-hmm. that I can tell someone else, mm-hmm. follow me. And I think part of that is like what I'm really 
what's really sticking in my heart from this conversation is like taking the time to teach people and give them time. Yeah, man. Take the time. And then take them like, give them time to process it. Cause sometimes you can teach like, Oh man, it takes time to process stuff as people, you know, especially nowadays it's harder. Like people got to navigate to different. Is this person genuine? Is he, what's he trying to get out of it? Is this, you know, what is true? And then eventually, Oh man, this dude is dope. You know, mm-hmm. man, praise God, man. So I'll say this, man, what would, I was trying to end by asking this question. What would your advice be to someone who is coming to church? They have never gotten involved in the community. They, they just come to church. Maybe they, they read their Bible a lot. They know the word of God. They come to church every Sunday, but like this whole community engagement, being with people who are different than them, like that idea is just foreign to them. What would be your advice to get them in the game? I think if we want to see, I mean, if you want like if you want to, we want the change that we want to see. I think you gotta just take, make it, make a dedication. What is thirty minutes, hour, and just once a week, just into the community, whatever it is, whatever you that your skills are. If you're good at talking to people whatsoever, if you go out going to the school, every mentor, or kid, especially nowadays, these kids are going to be. Are we raising our like our, some of them are? Like I said, they don't have no structure. Like you know, get involved into school, get involved into like. Yell shelter always have like you reach out to yell shelter like different shelters have kids like whatever like what can I do how can I help mentorship you know we need that a lot mentorship mm-hmm. mentor somebody you know I know big brother big sister have that but the wait list I've referred so many pe- kids to big brother big sister it's a long process mm-hmm. you know, mentor some kid go reach out to school and I mean like families that come to church like you see like hey like yeah I am if if you need anything let me know you know like as far as like build that relationship and then you can just find a way to break that break that barrier and try to reach one kid and mentor them. It's one, and, and it's funny because like, I think the the reality is it's amazing what you can do when you just reach one person. <laughs> what? You change one person. That's like how much less crime happening in the city. Mm-hmm. That's how much less problems. That's how much less visits to the principal. That's how much less resources getting poured into mm-hmm. this one issue that we're trying to mm-hmm. swerve away from. Right. And, um, and at the end of the day, it's like, we know the best thing that we can offer people is Jesus, man. Man. Facts, absolutely. And, and kids know. aren't getting that anymore. They're not getting that at all, you know. And they think they know it all. So mm-hmm. social media does that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, I, I, as always, man, appreciate your friendship. Appreciate you, you just being willing to, to hop on the podcast. But also, man, we gotta get you in the church, man. <laughs> I'm coming. Listen, come on, bro. I went, I went last week to um, my my nephew um got um baptized, whatever. So yeah, yeah, we went there. But <laughs> it's funny that the in the store, the devil tried to still work, right? Because we're in the church. My son then was a little sick, so we had to leave. I'm like, man, we haven't been church in a while, but then we're here for a baptize. This kid's like, temperature's up, and like, mm-hmm. man, we had to dip, you dip get, in the middle of the church. shimmy out. So yeah, yeah. Gonna, that's our New Year's resolution, man. Like, yeah. we don't make that one, but we're going to be consistent. Yeah, so. yeah, I love it, man. Well, you know, no matter what church you go to, excited just to see how God uses you and because uh, you're an asset to Des Moines. Man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate our friendship, and always, I'm not going to re- always reach out to you get my i mean whatever i need so i appreciate you always being there for me bro cool man thank you so much for listening to the christ sees you podcast if you want to get in touch with me to share your own story or to connect me with someone who has an amazing god story my email is iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com that's iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com and if you want more of this podcast make sure you subscribe see you next time